Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of the day it is for you to join us. And I see five cardinals out the back window here. How very strange. Anyway, uh, well, welcome to the Tulsa World Seed podcast. I'm here with uh, my colleagues Jimmy Trammell and Grace Wood as we discuss some of the things that will be appearing in the Tulsa World Scene section in the coming days. Um, the Tulsa World, of course, is available at fine newsstands and convenience stores everywhere or online at tulsaworld.com. Uh, this is the week that the PGA is in town and everyone but me is somewhat golf crazy. Um, and we've put together this, this, this week a, a list of places for out-of-towners to check out uh, for, for places to eat here in Tulsa. Everybody was told to select three or four favorites. And I was just curious what everybody had picked and what would be, what would be your number one rec recommendation for somebody never, never been to Tulsa uh, to, to check out? Uh, we'll start with Grace, ladies first. Okay, um, so I had three restaurants that I recommended. Um, the first was In the Raw View. Um, the sushi restaurant downtown, um, just across from One Oak Field. Um, and then I chose Nola's um, Cajun and Creole cuisine. And then I also chose Wild Fork in Utica Square. Um, and I think if I had to go with one, I would go with Nola's because I'm a huge fan of Cajun food. And I think they really do a great job of honoring the New Orleans food tradition. Um, which is a big deal for me because my dad is from New Orleans and most of my extended family still lives there. So this is the kind of food that I grew up eating a lot. And there aren't a ton of Cajun restaurants in Tulsa. So I think Nola's is definitely a special place to check out that I think someone from out of town would really like to try. So that would be my topic. Just curious, when you do go there, do you have a, uh, a go-to order? I really like the voodoo chicken. Um, their jambalaya is also really, really good. And of course the bread pudding for dessert too is always really great. So that that's what I would recommend. What is the voodoo they do to the chicken? Um, it's kind of like, I wrote out a little description of it, but it's kind of like um, a breaded chicken in, um, what's the name of the sauce? Like a Mornay sauce. It's really, really good and a little bit spicy too. So it's really great. Brother Trammell, what, 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 what did you, what did you, where are you guiding people to go eat? I ask people this question too, because I'm curious and I'm always on the lookout for uh, uh, places to eat. But I ask people like, hey, if you had to recommend one place in Tulsa for an, uh, only one place for an out-of-towner to come in and have a great meal, what would that place be? And I like to hear people's responses. But for me, that place is White River Fish Market. Uh, it, it's the epitome of one of those places where you drive by and it doesn't look like much, but you get inside and you think, uh, man, I'm, I mean, this is big time. Uh, I ate at so many places now where you finish the meal and you think there's really nothing special about this that makes me want to, but maybe want to come back here again. But uh, I've never had a bad experience at White River Fish Market. I'm a, I'm a sucker for sides. And you can get a baked potato and, and onion rings for sides. No extra charge. I can have both those things. I'm in heaven. 
So White River Fish Market for me. Well, and, 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 and when you order onion rings, you get onion rings. I mean, it's a plate. Um, it's not like, you know, four or five tossed casually on the plate. It's a whole, it can, it can almost be a meal. But yeah, I agree with you. There, that, that's, a, that's a great place to go. I, I had trouble trying to narrow it down. Um, we did kind of toss in Mother Road Market because that um, is kind of the easiest way to get a sense of the diversity of what you can find in Tulsa. I mean, you've got everything from, uh, you know, hamburgers and, and, and pizzas, again, all, all local uh, companies, to uh, vegetarian dishes, to Brazilian food, to uh, whatever uh, is going to be in the pop-up uh, kitchen. So that's always, that's always a good place to go. But I, I, the two that I would probably recommend the most, if you want to get a good, you know, Oklahoma experience, the Sputter uh, Steakhouse. And, you know, it's, it's all decorated up. The, the name is for an old style of, of oil rig equipment. And uh, the interior is decorated with all kinds of memorabilia from the from Tulsa's oil capital days. But the steaks themselves, the, the food itself is, is as good as any steakhouse I think you can find. Although um, it's very rare that I order a steak there. Um, they do maybe the best pork chops in town if you like like grilled pork chops that's the that is the place to go um, um it's not cheap but it's worth it, it, it it's quite worth it and the other one is uh kai vietnamese which is downtown in what used to be um uh, an old tag agency office uh this is a family-run restaurant it's four sisters and their mother and it's some of the best Vietnamese food that that this city has to offer. And that's saying a lot because we've got a lot of very good uh, Vietnamese restaurants, just as we have a lot of very good steakhouses. So is there, probably this is kind of an odd question to ask, but was there a place that you didn't include in your list because you didn't want it overrun with, with, with out-of-towners <laughs> so, so you could go there yourself? No, we have so many great burger joints, but uh, my fear was if you pick one, you leave out three more and you can't really differentiate. So why even go there at all? So I, I avoided the burger places. Okay. How about you, Grace? Yeah, I don't think I had any that I really avoided. Um, the one place that I considered putting on the list but didn't was Trencher's, um, the sandwich shop. Um, just because they're only open until three, so I figured people would still be at the tournament. But it's definitely a place that I would recommend if anybody does have time to go there. It's so good. And it's probably my favorite place in Tulsa. I, I nearly included Dracula sandwich, but it's, um, it's like also it, it closes at like three or four. Mm -hmm. And so, and um, I didn't want them to be tied up with PGA uh, orders if I wanted to have a pastrami sandwich sometime soon. But anyway, that's just me. Well, um, <laughs> Well, that's that. 
golf is kind of on everybody's mind. I think you found a way to uh, work in something about golf in, in, in your usual uh, home and garden beat. Uh, Grace, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so yeah, in honor of the PGA being in town, um, I'm working on a story that's kind of taking a look at some of the homes that surround the Southern Hills Golf Course and the people who live in them. Um, I talked to several different people who live on or near the golf course, just about how they feel about the tournament, um, what they think the PGA coming into town means for Southern Hills and Tulsa in general, and also if they have any big plans to celebrate the tournament being in full swing. Um, so the folks that I talked to are generally really excited for the PGA to be here. Um, one woman I spoke to lives in just this massive, beautiful home right behind Southern Hills, and she's actually having 26 people from out of town stay at her house for the tournament, and she's also having a party almost every night this week. Um, and somebody else I talked to lives right on the 15th green, which gives him essentially a front row seat to the tournament, and he was there for the last PGA in Tulsa like about 15 years ago, I think, and he got a front row seat to watch Tiger Woods take home the trophy. So he is really looking forward to seeing the PGA again. Um, so this story is gonna come out Saturday in the news section, which is new for me. Um, so I'm excited about that. So you can look for it in the front of the paper. <laughs> don't, 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 have, don't have to be scouring around in the back pages to, to find this stuff. Well, that's good. good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Well, uh, that was one thing I was curious. It, it, the, the, the woman that's got the huge house and is going to have the 26 people, is this her first time to live? Uh, had she lived there for previous ones, or is this her first PGA and she's going all out with it? This is her first PGA and she's going all out for it. Um, she has two kids in college, so most of the people staying at her house are her kids' friends from their respective colleges. And so they've got blow-up mattresses, everything set up for all these people to come into town. Um, I think they even had a couple food trucks come just to accommodate everybody. And they've got, you know, golf-shaped floaties in the pool and things like that. So they are really ready for the tournament. So it was really cool to talk to her and just be inside that house. It was so amazing. So you mentioned somebody living on the 15th green uh, or near it, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody ever lose any windows from ooh, errant, errant drives? Uh, not knowing how it's laid out. I don't know how close to the edge they get. It'd be tough for a player to break out a window at Southern Hills, unless it'd have to be a really bad amateur to break a window. I don't think a professional would uh, break into it at Southern Hills. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, it, I didn't, it didn't make hotels really hard to come by this week, though, because Daryl Hall, who's playing the Tulsa Theater uh, this weekend, uh, had trouble finding it any place to stay, you know? Dang. You're me. Okay. Well, you've had a lot of uh, experience covering professional golf, Jimmy, in, 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 in your past life. Um, have you, are, 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 are you also on the golf beat this week? I'm off the golf beat this week, except I did uh, wrangle an interview with Cindy Morgan, who played Lacey Underall in the 1980 comedy Caddyshack, the greatest golf movie of all time. Not that there is a uh, close second, maybe Happy Gilmore. I don't, but, uh, she, Cindy Morgan's helped us many times in the past with Caddyshack anniversary stories, telling great uh, stories about Chevy Ace and 
uh, Bill Murray, who did not like each other at the time that movie was made. They'd gotten into a fight on Saturday Night Live uh, backstage. But uh, this was different. This wasn't so much a here's the Caddyshack anniversary, more so uh, let's ask a bunch of questions related to golf. Uh, who's your favorite professional golfer? Uh, what what movie would you have liked to have seen Lacey Underall show up in after Caddyshack? Uh, should Caddyshack do the Cobra Kai thing and, and <laughs> go out beyond the source material? Is that a good idea? horrible idea so we, we i asked her about 10 or 12 kind of oddball questions that were different than things we'd talked about in the past okay all right well what we have coming up um has nothing to do with golf but it does kind of touch into homes a uh, young artist here in town during the pandemic started taking walks in the neighborhood and or, where she lived and she started noticing the characters, characteristics of, of various houses on the way. And so she started bringing along um, little uh, postcard size uh, pieces of, of watercolor paper. And she has a small portable palette of paints. And she has started, she started painting houses, um, not the actual houses, but pictures of houses on these little cards. And she has got at 127 of them that will go on display uh, at the shops at Mother Road Market, uh, which is adjacent to the Mother Road Market, um, May 25th. And we'll have an interview with her about uh, this kind of quirky little project. Um, and uh, so we have that coming up. Um, think what else we have coming up that's that's about all we've i've got, got some up. i've got some 1990s for you well okay let's go back um, to the 1990s yeah I, I won't be at the pga championship i will be at the uncanny comic expo on the fairgrounds uh at least on sunday maybe not saturday because i've got something going on but uh it'll be tulsa's first uh kind of major comic-con event in a while and since before covid and uh for an angle for the story, I thought I would write about has the is the 1990s 1990s so far in the rearview mirror now that items from that decade are considered collectible and nostalgic, and in some cases that is proving to be true. Like if you grew up with uh, the Power Rangers, you want to recapture your childhood and go buy a bunch of Power Rangers stuff or uh, uh, Ninjas, which debuted in the 80s but really took off in the 90s after the movie in 1990. So uh, yes, it's true. We're all getting older day by day. And 1990s things are, in some cases, coveted by collectors. Well, it, I mean, do you have a favorite comic? From that decade or, or just period ever? Um, I guess maybe from that decade, yeah. Do you have a favorite 90s comic? Oh, man. Uh, it's... It's really tough to say. I, I didn't name my my son after Superman, so I had a Superman thing going on. But my my uh, acquired taste that is not one of the big Superman, Batman, Spider-Man characters is Jonah Hex, who's a comic book bounty hunter with a scarred, disfigured face who uh, really just wants to do his job and be left alone, but ends up doing something heroic almost always anyway, or at least doing the right thing, even if it's not 
he wrote. They made a movie. It was a bad movie. Don't watch it. Just read the source material. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 nostalgia isn't, isn't, isn't what it used to be. That's for sure. I've told the story that I've, I've tried to get a computer that I bought in 2006 fixed in 2009. Three years after I bought it, was told that oh we don't we don't carry parts for vintage machines. <laughs> so if, if 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 something three years old is vintage, um, dear me, I probably should be embalmed by now. But anyway, um, a little a little more vintage, a little uh, more vintage. Let's let's let yes. Route sixty six will be a hundred in uh, in like four years. In okay? four years, that's okay. vintage. Uh, what's the? I'll have some Route 66 stuff Sunday, James. What's the farthest you've gone, Route 66 wise? You've taken at least a road trip on a part of the trip, right? On part of it, um, I, um, I've, 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 did we take Route 66? I don't think we. No, we didn't. Um, I have, I have been to both the start and the finish hmm. because I happened to be in um, Chicago at a time and I happened to be in the Los Angeles area another time but the, I, I, I've gone from um, the only time I've, I've specifically said I'm going to go on Route 66 I went from um the Missouri-Kansas border to Oklahoma City, actually to Edmond. It, it, it goes into Edmond, um, and that was for a story. It was for, actually for two stories that we did. Um, one on the fact that Kansas has how many? Guess how many miles of Route 66 is in Kansas? Grace. I have no idea. It's going to be. Ain't going to be much. 13.2. Wow. 13 miles. Wow. And it was, it was, uh, it was a compromise with, if I remember, my memory may not serve me, but it was done as a compromise uh, because Cyrus Avery, who was the founder of Route 66, wanted the longest stretch to be through Oklahoma. And that would have avoided Kansas what altogether. And there was another idea that it would be more efficient that it go through Kansas and not go through Oklahoma. Hmm. So they worked on this compromise that there's this little dog leg through the through the, the southeastern corner of Kansas. So which is kind of interesting in, in, yeah. in its way because that was where it was in that along that stretch that the creators of the movie Cars found the truck that inspired the Tomator character, and it's it's it you can still see it. It's on display at this tiny little gas station uh, in Galena, Kansas. I think that's the name. Anyway, so so. Just, since that's since that's since we brought up Route 66, that tells me you have something you wish to say about it. I'll just say we have lots of stuff in Sunday's newspaper about Route 66 and TulsaWorld.com. 
about Route 66. Multiple odd related to Route 66. All right. Well, then we then that sounds like a tease. So we will leave you all with that to uh, dig out when the, your Sunday edition lands on your doorstep or in the gutter of the roof or wherever the young man may throw it. Um, that will do us for this week. I want to thank uh, you all for staying with us through all this. Thank my colleagues, Mr. Trammell and Miss Wood, and we will gladly see you later. Behave. Bye.